coming up on the Rip Body Podcast. You do want to be changing the sets and reps because that's going to help you not plateau. But when I see people changing their exercises like all the damn time, I'm just like, good God, man, what are you doing? How do you know if you've made any progress? Welcome to the show. I'm Andy Morgan, and on the Rip Body Podcast, we discuss how to achieve long-term physique transformation. In this episode, I'm joined again by my co-host, Dr. Emil, and we discuss how often we should go about changing our training programs. Emil, got a good one here. How often should we change our workout program? I know I've got my thoughts on this. You've got your thoughts on this. Uh, I think I sit at something of an extreme side of a spectrum here. I'm very interested in hearing, yeah, your thoughts on it. Uh, I th- Go on. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I have a tendency to react. I'm fucking allergic to bullshit. Like, I'm fucking allergic to, like, I run another mile from bullshit. I tell you now. I adjust workout programs for clients relatively little compared with how like I see some people seemingly do who are jumping from different program like every like I don't know two weeks or three where every gym session will be totally different I just think that's confuse the muscles bro confuse the muscles that's absolutely crazy or a new program every four weeks it's like holy shit how are you even going to know whether you've progressed or not i yeah i like to keep things really simple so that's kind of where i sit on that pretty much pick an exercise or two that trains the six fundamental movement patterns through a full range of motion without any discomfort where you feel the target muscles working and that you enjoy doing. So those six kind of, this is how I think of programming. If we split our days into upper and lower, upper body, we're talking about um, horizontal pushes, horizontal pulls, so that's a bench and a row. Um, vertical pushes and vertical pulls so that's a a, you know a shoulder dumbbell shoulder press for example and a lat pull down or chin up pull up for example and then for the lower body days uh, a compound hip hinge movement perhaps a deadlift cable pull through kettlebell swing single leg whatever Um, and a leg press or a squat for the um, hip hinge we've done yeah for the squat pattern so those six, and then you can add on like extras there, like a step up or a leg extension, leg curl, etc., calf raise, whatever. But that's how I think of it. Get your staples in there. And as long as you're enjoying yourself, as long as you're progressing, have at it. There's no real need, I don't think, to make changes. All right, that's that's Andy's camp. Uh, let's listen to Emil's camp. You, you're more Jack than me, so obviously your opinion matters more in this case. Yeah, I'm equally extreme, to be honest. And ultimately, for the vast, 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 vast majority of us, for to success, to to succeed, to build muscle, to gain strength, you need to train consistently for long enough. 
in some sort of progressive way. And the factors that will decide on that is not getting injured and enjoying it, essentially. Um, in that regard, as long as you have the core exercises, you can use the six movement patterns, whatever, squat, dead press, like literally whatever. As long as you're doing the core exercises, you're fine, which means you don't need to change at all, ever, in theory. However, 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 given that enjoyment is such a key part of long-term progression, mixing it up a little bit can be beneficial. A little bit being the main phrase there. Yeah, 100%. And there's two reasons for that. One, doing the exact same exercise for many years can get a bit boring or doing the exact same exercise in the exact same set and rep scheme in the exact same part of the workout can get a bit boring. And also with say eight reps on bench press, you'll progress for a bit and then you'll plateau and the progression will be much, much slower. You'll be essentially banging your head against the wall. Now you will be progressing, but because strength can't improve at the rate of once per week, it's not going to progress in a way that you can as a human see it'll be over months and that will potentially drive you crazy because very few people have such enjoyment of the process that they'll do it for the sake of doing it they want to see the gains so for those reasons having some sort of rotation periodization can be beneficial and for me personally, I used to train people in three-month packages. Three months is 13 weeks. 13 weeks is one workout cycle. It's six weeks, one deload, six weeks. The whole 12-week workout or 13-week workout is roughly the same. And then at the six-week mark, I add some volume and what I call intensifiers, drop sets, whatever else. But the mm-hmm. core workout is exactly the same. The first six weeks, people increase the weight. Often they then plateau. I tell them to aim to plateau. They deload. We drop the weight slightly, and then I increase the volume. So then they they go again. So they're progressing their volume load over this 13-week period. After the 13 weeks, I remix the workout to keep it interesting. The core exercises yep. are the same. You're always going to be squatting as long as it's pain-free in some capacity. You're always going to be, de- you know, whatever. That's my philosophy. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I'm fully on board with that. One thing I'd like to clarify on my side, I had thought about this question that we received purely in terms of exercise selection. I should clarify that. I didn't mean that uh, uh, I'm suggesting that you never change the sets or the reps or the periodization, the kind of progression scheme that's used there. Um, I get clients, in fact, if you go to ripbody.com slash progression and read that, that is a summary of kind of the progression rules that we have in our muscle and strength uh, training pyramid book. Uh, And those that summary there is the are the guidelines that I give to clients. And it talks about essentially use the simplest progression method possible while it still leads to progression. Now, what is that in this case? We are training close to failure, very close to failure, but not quite there in simple terms. Um, we could use RPE and talk about that, but in simple terms. We use the same number of reps in each set, so the latter sets are more fatiguing, closer to failure. Um, doesn't have to be that way, but that's how I tend to set it up for people. 
and then try to increase the load week on week by an appropriate increment as you go. And then when you plateau, have a deload. So deload, remove a set, remove 10% from the bar, lift 90% of the load that you're previously lifting. Um, so if you're doing three sets of eight for 200 pounds, let's say on the bench, then you will do two sets of eight, at 180 pounds on the bench the following week. That's your deload. Then you bump it back up afterwards and see if that helps you to continue progress because you've dumped off some residual built up fatigue there. And keep doing that until you reach another plateau. Try the deload when that doesn't work. Then switch to something I call intermediate progression, which could be a form of linear periodization, or it could be a form of double progression where you manipulate both the reps and the load over a series of weeks. And that will help you then progress over time. So yes, you do want to be changing the sets and reps um, because that's going to help you not plateau. Help you progress is another way of saying that. But when I see people changing their exercises like all the damn time, I'm just like, good God, man, what are you doing? How do you know if you've made any progress? How you're enjoying yourself? Cool. But and that's fine. And look, here's the thing. I think if someone is happy with how their physique is progressing, that's cool, right? That's cool. Good on you, right? But by the time people come to us, especially by the time people come to me, they ain't fucking happy, right? So we need to, I need to have consistency in what we're doing to be able to dig in, pinpoint uh, issues that people are having and then make tweaks, right? So that's kind of where this is coming from, from my side. And it is partially me perhaps thinking again to the extreme where people are just program hopping constantly and it's like, well, shit, have you progressed or did you just change everything? Like what's, yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And, you know, I've been guilty of program hopping where I write myself a new workout every week and don't follow anything through. Um, And that's no good. If you have a goal that, that literally will not work. Um, One thing to add regarding forms of progression, if you are dieting, and the weight you're lifting stays the same, then that's relative progression. The weight relative to your body weight is going up. So I often reassure my clients who are dieting and say, look, one, this isn't your priority to be progressing in the weight room. It's to lose body fat. And two, you are actually getting stronger because you're losing body fat, you're losing weight. So just to bear that in mind. Um, and now a confession. Uh, I have not followed a program probably since 2011 or 12 Mm -hmm. um and there's a few reasons for that and it's it's not program hopping per se because i'm not even writing programs to follow it's because i'm going in the gym and i'm training whatever via some sort of vague period you know a weekly split um i'm often training with trainers or training partners so i know my intensity is up to scratch and i'm invariably doing big compound exercises so not to justify it as a method, but because I'm training at a high intensity all the time and because I'm doing the big movements, overall there is progression. The big caveat here is I don't have any goals related to training right now. So yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
It's like the Alice in Wonderland quotes. If you don't know or if you don't care where you're going, it doesn't matter which way you go. I just like lifting. So as long as I go in and roughly train muscle groups twice a week, I don't care. Um, but if you have a goal, you absolutely should follow a program geared towards that goal and do not change it that often because it's not going to serve the outcome that you want. Yeah, you look like you like lifting. Yeah, I just got to this place where I've kind of done strength. I did strongman. I've done like hypertrophy. I've done bodybuilding. And now I just like lifting. Mm-hmm. Why? With no outcome. It just feels good. It just feels good during the session. It gives structure to my whole day. Yep. Uh, it's like 12 o'clock or 2 o'clock I've got my training session. I'm really pumped and looking forward to it. I invariably make it a social thing. Honestly, I hire personal trainers. And I, I've been a trainer for since, I don't know, 2007, 2008. I don't need a trainer, but I we chat shit. You know, it, it, it's just like hiring a training partner because I travel so much, I can't necessarily find people who are consistent and reliable. I just hire the biggest guy in the gym and we chat shit and, and we pretty much lift together, except just I'm lifting. So I enjoy the process. I enjoy doing it um, and I enjoy being in shape. But because I've done the programmed work in the past, I'm already in shape. Like it's a kind of maintenance um, so yeah, I just like doing it. I just enjoy the, 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 the process of it. Cool. Yeah. I like that. That's got to be quite an expensive monthly cost if you're having a personal trainer for every single session. No? Yeah. But you know what? Like health is so important to me that it's such a negligible cost compared to anything else I spend my money on. Right. Okay. So you uh, essentially, uh, not to make you sound like an asshole there, cause you kind of did sound like a bit of an asshole. Well, because you like saying, oh, yeah, I can afford, you can afford to spend that much money on it, right? Okay, so call it 50 euros a session, say four times a week, 200 Mm. euros a week for four weeks is 800 euros a month. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, if you're going out every week drinking, you could easily blow that amount of money. I don't go out drinking. So it's it's a choice to a degree that I just... Mm. Like my health is, as I said, I, I I enjoy the feeling so much that it's so worth it to me. And I also don't like having to battle with uh, willpower and adherence. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. Yeah. if I didn't have I totally the session booked in, I would be like, oh, I'll just do a little bit more work. And then it wouldn't happen. And then I would feel like shit. You know, when so I, you know when I find that? I feel amazing. It's when I get a barbell on my back or I'm sat down in that leg press seat and I'm like, right, now I see. Now I see how much I actually believe, how much I think that I can, like I read these books, right? To try to, we're talking about it uh, in another episode, to try to use this contrast principle on myself, right? Where I make my, my trials, my struggles look pathetic and I just need to get it done. It's like, okay, how effective actually is that by the time I'm coming up to those last few reps? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it can and all be very I've, helpful if you've got someone just standing there judging you, like, judging hey, me Mil. exactly. Yeah, Ju- you just some guy being like, 
what are you a, a child like come on like let's go like you know <laughs> yeah, a yeah, very yeah. other kind of non-politically correct <laughs> abuse which yeah. is just very very effective because i played rugby my whole life i'm just mm-hmm. wired in such a way that that works for me mm-hmm. i'm not going to fight it i'm just going to pay money to allow it to happen in the easiest mm-hmm. way possible mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's just like it's a no-brainer to me um i'm paying for my happiness which yeah I totally get that. And the there are going to be some people listening to this who can totally relate and then there are going to be other people who can't. If you're fairly new to the gym, then it takes a while for you to get to a point where it becomes something that is a habit that you just cannot live without because you do not feel right without it. But most people find well actually there's going to be some survivorship bias in there but a lot of clients report that it's just something that they now have to do for them to feel right and it's not feel right in like a guilty sense it's just for them to feel right feel good um they have to get their gym in so the story i tell is look we're animals we're mammals right And we are wired to move and to exercise. And when we do that, the brain releases happy chemicals. And it basically... It's a technical name again. Yeah, the happy chemicals. You can really tell that you've got like an eight or nine years of like medical degree and all other sorts of shit under your belt, right? I I love it. Hey, when you're explaining to a kid in pediatric A&E that they've got a sore throat, (laughs) you're not using jargon. And I I can rant about jargon straight away because when people start flopping their jargon out, it's because yeah. they have... Don't know what they're talking about. Correct. Or they're, they're trying to desperate to impress people. Exactly. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and even worse, so even if they know what they're talking about and they're using jargon, I'm like, okay, you need to upgrade a bit to actually communicate to people. But two, if mm. they don't know what they're talking about, which you can often detect, yeah. it's even more cringy. It's just like dumb down the words. Is this that Einstein or Feynman quote? Um, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, you don't understand it. So I don't know. I, happy I chemicals. I hope it's Richard Feynman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love happy that chemicals. Happy chemicals. So it, you you are programmed to to when you move, it makes you happy, and therefore even if you're sedentary right now, that's just programming. That's just conditioning from from you know maybe you were bullied in in PE in school or something, and you have this this program which says you don't like exercise. It's not PE means your sports class, physical education. Sorry, physical education. education. Yeah. So if you if you at the moment don't like exercise, that's just a story that you've been telling yourself for a long time. Physiologically, evolutionary, it's not true. It's going to be hard to deprogram that, but have faith that if you persist, it might not be weights. It could be running, God forbid, or something else. <laughs> there will be something that you will find that you will enjoy. So persevere the beginning bit, the deprogramming, whatever you want to call it, and you will come out the other side where you do it for the sake of doing it because there's an internal reward intrinsic motivation i think is the technical term mm. love it when you get technical email right so to wrap up to wrap up how often should we change our workout program as little as necessary to yeah. see progress and to keep yourself motivated to keep going yeah there's a venn diagram there somewhere yeah as long as you're enjoying it just keep doing it great yeah 
All right. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for guys. listening, guys. Thank you for listening. If you have a question you'd like us to answer on the pod, email it to podcast at ripbody.com. If you haven't joined the email list yet, make sure you go to ripbody.com and enter your email address. You'll get my free nutrition setup guide along with a seven-day email course guiding you through the most common mistakes that people make. All right. Until next time then. Peace.